eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in to another edition of the Fly the W670 podcast. I am Dustin Rhodes, executive producer of the Mully and Haw Show. You can hear the guys on 670 The Score every morning from 5.30 until 10. You can hear more of me with them. You can also hear me by myself from 5 to 5.30 as I warm things up on the official home of the Chicago Cubs. And I've got my good buddy Crowley with me, and this is Season 1, Episode 16, Crowley. And we are calling this one Limping into the Break. How are you on this Monday afternoon? I'm doing well. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Crawley's Cubs. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at FlyTheW670, on Facebook at FlyTheW, and you can email us at FlyTheW670 at gmail.com. When we were last together, Crowley, last Thursday midday, we were hoping and crossing our fingers and our toes that the Cubs would not get swept by the Mets who were in and now out for a four-game series at Wrigley Field. Um, I had said, let's just not get swept, and I, my prediction, I believe, was 1-3. You were a glass-half-full guy on this one, 2-2, two and two, and of course you did not want them to get swept as they enter the All-Star break. So let's take everybody through it, Crowley. Let's look at Game 1, Keegan Thompson on the hill for the Cubs. Yeah, it was a good matchup, uh, Keegan Thompson versus Carlos Carrasco, but uh, the outcome, not so good. The Cubs are going to lose this one eight to nothing. And it was all sorts of a mess here. Uh, top of the first, Marte with a one-out single and Lindor doubles. And right away in the first inning, the Cubs trail one to nothing. Uh, in the second inning with one out, Eduardo Escobar singles, Dominic Smith walks, Patrick Mazika doubles, and the Cubs now trail three nothing. Starlin Marte will single home Mazika and the Cubs are down four nothing. Bottom of the fourth, Nico has a two-out single. Manager David Ross comes out, and he is ejected by the third-plate umpire, uh, arguing whether Carrasco was balking or not. And so David Ross is going to watch the rest of this game from his office. Top of the fifth, one out. Keegan hits Pete Alonzo with a pitch. He walks Jeff McNeil. He throws a wild pitch to advance the runner. He walks Luis Guillorme to load the bases. And then he gives up a single to Eduardo Escobar. He trails 5-0. His night's done. Mark Leiter Jr. comes in. 
he gets out of the inning without any more damage, but definitely not Keegan's best start at all. No, it reminded me of the night before, Crawley, of, of Steele. So, you know, Justin Steele came out after a layoff and didn't look sharp, and Keegan just was getting absolutely pounded in the first and second innings of this game. They were hitting him really hard. He did then settle down until the fifth inning, which was his last inning. So it was a mixed bag. You know, if you could have more of the what happened in the third and the fourth and less than what happened in the first, second, and fifth, things would be okay. You could you could deal with that. But again, it goes back to my, I sound like a broken record. This is player development versus winning and losing games right now. Well, not only that, just to, just to, rub, some, just to rub some salt in the wounds, the Mets threw Trevor Williams, you remember him, starter last year to finish the game bottom of the seventh so he absolutely shut the cubs down and it was just awful like i said keegan went 4.1 innings pitch eight hits five runs four walks one k carrasco six innings pitch five hits zero runs two walks and six k's uh Seo went two for four for the cubs and nico horner has been on fire two for three they had eight walks two hits but 10 k's eight total bases one for six with runners in scoring position but they didn't score a run, even though they had a hit with a runner in scoring position, didn't come around to score, just got the runner to third. So they left eight men on base. Where for the Mets, Brandon Nimmo went three for four with a walk, two runs, one RBI. Pete Alonso one for four with a two-run homer. Mets had 12 hits, five walks, two home runs, seven Ks, 21 total bases. They were four for 11 with runners in scoring position. That's, you know, that's the difference. That's the difference. I mean, runners in scoring position is going to be something, Crowley, we're going to be talking about for the next 30 or 40 minutes here on this edition because <laughs> runners with scoring position is one of, there are a couple, there's more than one, but if not the biggest, one of the biggest Achilles heels with this club's lineup right now. Yeah, it, it truly is, and it, it, it's about as frustrating as it can get. There, there's really, you look at this and you ask yourself, like, what is the problem? And it doesn't matter if it's a, if it's a veteran it doesn't matter if it's a rookie. It doesn't matter what it is. It, they just can't do it. They cannot score with runners in scoring position, and I cannot figure it out for the life of me. Yeah, it's very, very frustrating. Okay, so Friday was supposed to be game two. It was supposed to be the Marcus Stroman game. We talked about it in the last episode about how we were hoping that Stroman was going to be pumped up for this one, a little playoff atmosphere, if you will, for Marcus, who was previously in New York and with the Mets. But the game was rained out. I thought the Cubs did the right thing, called that one early and pushed it into Saturday where we had a game night doubleheader between the Mets and the Cubs, of course. In game one, we had Marcus Stroman on the hill. Yeah, I told you in the last episode, Stroman has a lot of bad blood with Mets management, with the Mets fans. He can't, he, he literally has a, and Marcus is from New York. And I interviewed him, I talked to him, he just, he, it just was a bad experience for him. He liked a lot of his teammates, uh, including Taiwan Walker, who he is facing off. So, you know, I said that he was going to be extra amp, and he absolutely, he did really well. Um, you know, the Cubs did lose 2-1, to one, but it definitely, you can't pin that on Marcus. Top of the first, Stroman walks Nimmo, he gets the next two batters to strike out swinging. Error on P.J. Higgins at third, allows Pete Alonso to reach, but McNeil grounds out, so an error, but it doesn't end up costing them other than Stroman having to throw some more pitchings. Uh, top of the third, for the second straight game, Dave Ross was ejected arguing balls and strikes. That was the second game in a row, but David Ross was right. The home plate umpire that game was absolutely brutal, and I follow a site called Umpire Auditor that looks at these umpires, and this guy had absolutely awful game. Not consistent, not accurate, 
And I don't blame Lindor, or I'm sorry, David Ross, one bit for getting tossed out of this one. Yeah, David Ross tossed consecutive games. I think all of a sudden he's been ejected 10 times as a Cubs manager in his career. So that's not something we typically see. And there'll be more David Ross arguing with the umpires as we go along. The only thing I did read about that, Crowley, as far as the the umpire being bad, they did did admit that he was bad for both sides. So it wasn't just a, Mm -hmm. he was bad for David Ross and the guys. He was bad for the Cubs and the Mets that afternoon. No, exactly right. It It was absolutely awful for both sides. And both teams were unhappy. But Ross... Just tossed him in, and, and and it was uh, you know like it, it that's is what it is. But we get to the top of the fourth, and uh, Francisco Lindor walked. Pete Alonso doubles. Cubs trail one nothing. Uh, bottom of the fourth though, the Cubs answer back with one out. Suzuki singles. Horner grant, grounds into a force out, which moves uh, you know uh, that allows Suzuki's out at second. But Nico steals second. Schwindel singles. Horner scores. Games tied at one. Bottom of the fifth. Okay. Higgins doubles, Morel grounds out, Ortega strikes out, Wilson grounds out. So it's so frustrating in these kind of situations. Another example of runner in scoring position. Exactly, here, another runner in scoring position, right. Where where you have a runner at third and one out, and you cannot get a run out of it. Bottom of the seventh, Schwindel singles, Wisdom strikes out, Higgins walks. So you have runners at first and second, one out, Morel grounds into a double play, just again, more runners in scoring position. The game goes to extras. And this was insane, right? You get to the bottom of the 10th. Nelson Velasquez replaces Frank Schwindel as the courtesy runner. So he starts on second, and Velasquez is very fast. Steals third base. You have a runner at third with no outs. Any little thing, a wild pitch, a balk, a fly ball, uh, a grounder to, you know, through the hole, anything. We'll walk this game off. Wisdom strikes out. Higgins called out on strikes. You cannot do that, the first two guys. Now, Eduardo Escobar, Rob Morell, uh, and Davis, who's playing first, made an incredible pick. But that was not Morell. But Wisdom and Higgins cannot strike out in that situation. Crowley, let me ask you this. Let's just let's just play the role of David Ross, who's been ejected. So it, it's uh, Green now, the bench coach, right? He's in there. Yeah. He's he's calling the shots. Maybe David's texting him. You know, I'm not saying they're breaking any rules or anything, but let's. You, you know, do you do something there because it's in the te- do you do you do you ask Patrick Wisdom to bunt if you don't think he can bunt? Do you have somebody pinch hit for him there? No, I, I, it's it's just, look, these are the players you are. Wisdom is not a guy that can bunt. Don't make a guy do something he can't do. That's putting him in a bad position. But as far as wisdom, he has to make contact there. Higgins, you don't get as angry about, you know what I mean? He wasn't somebody that's supposed to be on this team. It came more out of necessity. Right. Uh, but, but you know, one other thing. Morrell, like I said, he makes, you know, it was an incredible play by Escobar. It was a great pick by Davis. But Morrell uh, dives into first. If I am the manager, you are sitting down if you pull that. Run it out. Every study that they've done on this shows you don't dive into first. Run it out. That's what sprinters do is when they're going to sprint, they go right into it. You should be going through the base. I hate that. But the fact is you had a guy on third, no outs, and you, you stranded him there. Right, and, 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 that, and that's, that's why you know we're going to go through it. But you, when you do that, Crowley, you deserve to lose the game. Yep. Bottom line. When you yep. get a guy on third with nobody out in this type of setup with extra innings in, in baseball, you deserve to lose the game. Absolutely, and that's what they did in the top of the 11th. Michael Gibbons is pitching. 
Luis Guillorme's at second. Lindor singles, Guillorme to third. Pete Alonso with the sack fly. There was an error charged on Suzuki. Uh, I don't like that call on the air. It was one of those things where Wilson was trying to get the ball and tag as quick as possible, but he was charged with an error. Guillorme scores, Lindor goes to second, but that puts the Mets on ahead. And then at the end, uh, Ortega strikes out, Wilson strikes out, Morel was the courtesy runner at second, he steals third, but Hap grounds out, ball game over. And there's uh, the two all-stars, Crawley. That, the other, that's yep. what's so frustrating about the bottom of the 11th. you got your two all-stars, you got a strikeout, and then you've got Hap grounding out to end the game. Same thing we talked about when I was in Milwaukee. You had, you had an opportunity, and the two guys that really need to step up, neither of them did. Uh, as we talked about, Stroman uh, went 4.1 innings. He gave up one hit, one run, two walks, and six Ks. The bullpen was great. They went 6.2 innings, three hits, one run, zero earned runs, two walks, and 10 Ks. Uh, Schwindel went two for three with an RBI and a walk. The Cubs grounded into three double plays, one for 11 with runners in scoring position, seven left on base. So is that uh, two for 19 in the first uh, two games, Crowley? Runners in scoring position, two for 17. I'm sorry, two for 17. Didn't mean to give the Cubs an extra bad nugget there. <laughs> two for 17 after two games, runners in scoring position. And Walker was six uh, innings pitch, four hits, one run, two walks, five Ks. Lindor went one for three with a run and three walks. Mets were one for nine with runners in scoring position, eight left on base. But at the end, the Cubs should have won this game. Absolutely no doubt about it. Right. You only get one run, you're not going to win a lot of games. I, you know, Stroman was fine. The bullpen was okay. But, you know, you got to get you got to get more than one run. You got to get at least three runs a game. I'm sorry. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now, that takes us to Game 3, and we laughed about this. We said, oh, God, Scherzer versus Smiley. <laughs> Go for a walk. Don't even bother watching. But it was a second extra inning affair, if you can believe that. Back to back. So top of the second, two outs. J.D. Davis walks, Eduardo Escobar doubles. Jeff McNeil hit by a pitch. Bases are loaded. But uh, Tomas Nito flies out to end the inning, so Smiley gets out of that. Bottom of the second, Schwindel doubles, Wisdom strikes out, Rivas singles. You got first and third one out. Gomes hits a ground rule double, Schwindel scores, Rivas is third. If that ball stays in the park, it would have been two runs. Instead, it, it bounced right on the line almost and then hopped out kind of in the Bartman area. And the runners, so instead of that, you had runners at second and third one out. Bodie's called out on strikes, and Rafael Ortega flies out. Cubs lead one nothing. The Cubs with another golden opportunity, and they cannot put up a crooked number. So frustrating. You get to the. It's top almost of, like they're allergic to crooked numbers or something. Absolutely. Top of the third, Nemo singles. Starlin Marte reaches on a fielding error. Uh, Nemo to third. Lindor grounds out to Wisdom. Nemo scores. Marte to second, and the game is tied at one. Uh, we get to the bottom of the third, and this was interesting. So Marquis does this thing on Fridays usually, but they had to move it to Saturday because of the rain out, where they have David Ross mic'd up during the game, talking to his old buddy and partner, Boog Shiambi. And Hap gets called out on strikes, 
And this is ridiculous. Home plate umpire John Tumpain, Hap turns around, he says something, and he just gets the quick cook. He's ejected. And Ross comes out, throws off the headset, jumps over the uh, gate, and argues to try, you know, try to keep him. There's nothing you could do at that point. But, uh, you know, Ross didn't want, what, three straight ejections in a row? <laughs> So you saw him being that very might have been calm. a new re- that might have been a new record. You know, has a has a manager been injected on the first, second, and third games, and the second game being a day night doubleheader? Has that ever happened? We we, we need Zach Zabner on the Google machine, as Pat calls it, to, to look that up. I'm not sure, but mm-hmm. absolutely, it was a funny situation. Not so funny in the top of the fourth. Eduardo Eduardo Escobar hits a solo home run, and the Cubs are down two two to one. Bottom of the fourth, one out, wisdom doubles. Rivas strikes out, Gomes singles, Wisdom scores. The game is tied at two. And so we are going back into extra innings. Now, Michael Gibbons, and, and, and he gets to the mound. You got a courtesy runner right on second. He gives up the single to Marte. So Nimmo is the courtesy runner. He goes to third. Marte steals second. Okay. Gibbons walks Lindor, bases loaded. You want to be careful there. I didn't have a problem with that. He then hits Pete Alonzo in the Cubs trail three to two. Bases loaded, still no outs. Mark Conha come, uh, grounds into a double play. Givens to Gomez to Rivas. So that's the old one, two, three double play. You got runners at second and third, two outs. My buddy, Daniel Norris, comes in and replaces Michael Givens. He walks Luis Guillorme to load the bases. He tries to pick off Guillorme. He throws the ball away. Lindor scores the Cubs trail four to two Eduardo Escobar grounds out to end the inning bottom of the 10th Bodie's at second Velasquez strikes out more uh, Morel singles Bodie scores Cubs trail four to three Suzuki singles runners at the corner one out and Schwindel grounds into a double play unbelievable you think about the top of the 10th he gives up a single he gives up a stolen base he gives up a walk he hits a guy he gets a double play. He is pulled from the game. Daniel Norris comes in, and Daniel Norris walks Guillaume to load the base. Like, you're just looking at this. He throws the ball away to give up another run. I mean, those you, you gave up two runs, and you basically only gave up one hit. Right. I mean, it's, you know, put on the circus music, you know. That's how, that's how I felt about that game, watching it. Very, very frustrating Saturday night. And not only that, but Daniel Norris was DFA'd after that game. He, he is gone. And I don't – look, I don't ever want anybody to lose their job. I just don't want this guy pitching for the Cubs anymore. I was done. I was officially done. I had nothing more that I wanted to see with what happened with Michael Gibbons. But the, this was an interesting little nugget here. He took both losses of the Cubs-Mets doubleheader without giving up an earned run. So he is the first pitcher since 1913, the first season both leagues tracked earned runs, to lose multiple games on a single day without allowing an earned run. That was from Elias Sports right there. It's a pretty unbelievable, unbelievable. stat. That's an unbelievable <laughs> stat, Crowley. Game four, we get here at the end here. Uh, you get the Cubs win 3-2, to two, finally. Samson versus David Peterson. One out, Marte and Lindor, single, runners at the corners with two outs, a double steal. This is one of those plays where what Lindor's trying to do is get caught up in a rundown and give Marte the opportunity to steal home. And what ends up happening is 
play the circus music again. The Cubs not only allow Marte to steal home, Lindor reaches safely at second. Now, some people argue that he was a little bit out of the base path, but either way, you got the double steal, and the Cubs are down one nothing, and that was it's just a it's a basic play that you should have made. You think the call was right, Crowley? What was he safe, or do you think he was a little bit out of the out of the? I thought uh, base I path? thought I thought he was out of the base path. That was me personally. Me too. Me too. But it's what it is. You're down one nothing. But in the bottom of the second, Suzuki Suzuki walks Horner singles. Schwindel grounds into a double play. Wisdom grounds out inning over. Another opportunity blown. You get to the bottom of the fourth. Hap singles. Suzuki flies out. Horner singles. Schwindel reaches on an error by Escobar third. You got the bases loaded. One out, and thankfully Peterson gives the Cubs a gift. He walks Wisdom. The game's tied at one. Bodie and Velasquez strike out. But again, that was a gift run. It's not like they're hitting with runners and scoring in position. But sometimes you need those gifts. Sometimes you need those gifts, Crawley. We'll take whatever we can get here. Top of the fifth, one out. Nimmo walks. Marte singles. Lindor flies out. Nimmo goes to third. Alonzo singles on a pop that lands behind Schwindel, who was holding on Marte with two outs. So they were worried about Marte stealing, getting a base with two outs. Normally, you just play your your normal defense. And I love Frank Schwindel as a person, but he just looked bad on that play. Looked like, you know, which way do I go? Which way do I go? And the ball just drops behind him. And Adrian Sampson, who we talked about, has done nothing but keep the Cubs in games just reacted, put his hands on his head like, how could you let that ball drop? And so the Cubs now trail two to one, okay? And you get to the top of the eighth, Rowan Wick pitching, Lindor singles, Pete Alonso grounds out, Lindor to second. Uh, Jeff Neal, McNeil pops out to wisdom. Eduardo Escobar singles, but Francisco Lindor is thrown out at the plate by Velasquez to keep it a one-run game. A huge what a great, play. What a great play that was. Great play. So right in the bottom of eighth, that momentum shift, uh, you, you sit there and you have Morel and Contreras with back-to-back singles. You got runners at the corners. Morel makes it to third on that. Hap grounds out, a little ball to the pitcher, but that allows Morel with his speed to score. Suzuki pops out. The game's tied at two. And Suzuki pops out. You got two outs. And Horner with a clutch single. Contreras scores. The Cubs lead 3-2. to two. David Robertson picks up the save. And so the Cubs are able to salvage one. But Samson, like I said, 5.1 innings pitch, six hits, two runs. Two are earned, even though that play by Schwindel should have been made. Three walks, 1K. Steven Brault, who was called up after Norris was DFA'd, went 1.2 innings, zero hits, zero runs, 1K. Nico Horner, three for four with one RBI. Uh, Peterson on the other side went five innings pitch, three hits, one run, three walks, eight Ks. Marte and Lindor went three for four. But Dustin, I don't know. After the doubleheader, the Cubs win this one and yay, hooray. I don't know if you heard David Ross's uh, interview after that game. It was an interesting interview that he had uh, where he talked specifically. Let me... Let me put this up here for you. And and you could tell he was frustrated. Like I said, the Cubs had lost uh, both games of the doubleheader. They played absolutely sloppy ball. And I don't know which reporter asked it, but a reporter was asking, hey, what did you think about that, uh, about, about the game? And one thing that he brought up during the interview was the fact that he's they're playing a first-place team. Okay, fair enough. 
with a $300 million payroll. He brought that up. Were you surprised by that? That does, that does surprise me. That does surprise me. He sounds like he's frustrated with the uh, the hand of cards that he's playing, that, that Jed and, uh, I guess, Ricketts have given him to play. But I get that. It's, it's that time of the year. You know, we talked about the fact that Ross got run two times and maybe could have gotten run three times in both sides of that doubleheader, but didn't. Um, you know, he did go on to say later on that, you know, it was great to end this part with a win. He he did. I did hear him say that as well. But I get the frustration. He, he's just he's he's a he's a competitor, right? He's a competitor. He doesn't want to lose anything. Absolutely. So that just kind of surprised me, just because you know he's been playing the, the you know the good soldier, you know get got the team that he was dealt, and he's trying to do the best he can. It was just very shocking to me.